Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to the Fantasy Bros NFL Podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and joining me is our co-host, my brother, and all of our bro, Baby Jake. Baby Jake, what do you got for the people? What is up, my bros and broettes? Can't wait. Week 7, gonna bust it open here real quick, and we're gonna go through these games for y'all. That's right. So this is just gonna be a first look. We're gonna take a look at the games. You can see them listed up at the top here. We got all the over-unders, all the spreads. We'll do a quick run-through of that. And then we're going to take a look at the DraftKings salaries this week over at Fantasy Pros. We're going to see the uh, salary this week, last week, the differential. And we're going to take a look at which players we're liking, just initial impressions. Saturday, obviously, we do the live stream and we actually build a lineup. We go through, we look at our player model, and we let you know kind of our, our last takes before we get into things. So let's kick things off here. Up in the corner there, we got Cincinnati at Baltimore. 47-point over-under, Baltimore 6.5-point favorites. Jake, what are your thoughts on that game? Um, not too high on it. I'd say I'm not feeling like there could be a ton of points. It's some pretty stout defense from the Ravens. I mean, they just balled out last week on the Chargers pretty hard. I think they only gave up six points is all. Yeah, it was a slot fest. I'm like, their defense looking like they're firing on all cylinders. I'm thinking nothing's going to hold them back. They've been on fire for the most part this year. Their secondary is limited here and there. But the Bengals, they have firepower. So that's what, I don't know. It's hard to say. It's a mix-up. It's a toss-up. You got the Bengals high-powered offense with Mixon having one heck of a game this last week. Jamar Chase balling out. Uh, Higgins, that's the guy I guess we were hoping for last week we talked about him. Maybe he'll come back in the fold this week. So mm-hmm. Bengals offensive line, though, garbage. Always has been the whole year. That's the thing that I'm just skeptical of, and I feel like the Ravens will take advantage of that. Has been our whole lives. Mm-hmm. Bengals offensive line has been a, a problem since I can remember. Yeah, T. Higgins last week, it wasn't that we necessarily loved the play. It was the price. That's mm-hmm. what made him yeah. someone that we were really high on. Um yeah, other than that, I think he pretty much nailed it. Baltimore's offensive or defensive line is going to be getting in the backfield. So if Burrow gets it out, it might be some underneath stuff to Tyler Boyd. Or maybe he's just firing one deep off his back foot and Jamar Chase comes down with it. It's really hard to predict. But I think you said it. The way Baltimore held the Chargers in check last week, I don't really expect this to be too high of a scoring game. I did see one thing today, and now that I'm remembering it came across on my news feed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronnie Stanley. Uh, I think he's the starting left tackle. Left tackle or right tackle for the Ravens, done for the year. He's out for the season. Wow. I think he's been a pro bowler for him, so that could be yeah. something significant where Lamar Jackson might have to use his, you know, run run on his tiptoes a little bit more than usual, but I think he's okay with that. I don't think Lamar Jackson's afraid to run, as we can all tell. So No kidding. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it'll help him. Someone will get to him, and he can run around him that much faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, other than that, not really a whole lot of takeaways here. Uh, Baltimore's backfield, other than Lamar Jackson, all three running backs scored a touchdown, right? Yeah. Every single running back. The committee. Yeah, the committee. So, I don't trust anyone there. Receivers, Rashad Bateman made his return, mm-hmm. and he was out there. I don't know his exact snap count or target share but i heard his name called a few times throughout the day so he's definitely he's on the field getting looks and him being a rookie coming off of an injury you only expect him to get more involved as the season goes on so someone will keep our eye on we'll see what he's priced at a little bit later this episode um mark andrews always a stud marquise brown i was really high on him this week i thought this would be his week but he still he still didn't put up man i don't know 
I'm probably going to keep going back to him until his price gets above 6K. We'll see where he comes in this week. Um, Cincinnati side, yeah, Joe Mixon's definitely the workhorse, but Chris Evans did have that touchdown catch. Dude shows that he's got speed, he's got hands, he can run routes, so who knows, moving forward, he might get more involved in the passing game. He's definitely a playmaker. Mm -hmm. Um, The coaches, uh, we'll see if they feel like he deserves playing time or not. All right, let's keep it moving here. Carolina at the Giants. Carolina three-point favorite. Low, low over-under. We're at 43 points. This is a game I would normally never even touch. Um, maybe you could play. Is Christian McCaffrey? He's on IR, right? He's out for three games. Yeah, I want to say they threw him on IR. Yep, so he's going to be out for a minimum of three games. I guess two more because he missed this last. Yeah. Um, otherwise, that would really be the only person I'd be interested in playing in a game like that. Someone that can get you a 4 or 5x every week, has a high floor for cash games, and in a game environment where he's essentially game script proof. You know, mm-hmm. He's good in shootouts. He's good from behind, good with the lead. Yeah. But in a game like this, that's really the only player I would even consider. Um, on the New York side, Sterling Shepard looked good. He was healthy. He looks good. He's always good when he's healthy. It's yeah. just a matter of if he's on the field or not. So we'll take a look at his salary later and... See if uh, we think he might be a play this week. Kadarius Tony looked awesome, but he got hurt right away. Went out with an ankle injury yeah. again. And he's still questionable, I believe. So, yeah, it's not certain whether or not he'll play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll keep our eye on that throughout the week. Um, Evan Ingram, pass-catching tight end, but hasn't really shown us a whole lot. Saquon, I don't know. Is he going to be back this week or not? I think they're leaning towards no. It sounds like Booker, he's going to get the workload again. I want to say Booker, or he'll take over, and Barkley's still going to be out. Yeah, Barkley week or two. suffered an ankle injury two weeks ago. Um, I think a lot of people were surprised they didn't put him on IR yeah. and have him just rest three games. So I think it's because everybody saw what his ankle looked like, Yeah, and it was disgusting. Looked like he should have <laughs> been put on IR for the season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. He didn't, get, he didn't go on IR, so it kind of makes you believe that they still think there's hope he could be back this weekend. We'll take a look on Saturday before we put our lineups together. Mm-hmm. That's about all I got from that game. DJ Moore is a stud. You can play him in any, really any situation. Uh, for me, he's just price dependent. So we'll see where he comes in at this week. But you got any thoughts on this game? Uh, yeah. I mean, the over-under looks awful. So I really don't want to play anyone from this unless I have to. If the price is right, it's like, consider it. But I just feel bad Darnold last week. I mean, the guy hitting every receiver in the hands and they're just dropping every ball i mean more and robbie anderson could have had five to ten more points apiece and they're mm-hmm. just dropping passes right and left so darnold looks good i'm like he could put up points if his pass catchers would just catch the ball he looks good in that system yeah he, he looks really good it's the same coaching staff as last year and you can see that they're running a lot of the same schemes that they did last year but they've also really unlocked arnold this year i mm-hmm. feel like they're using him in design runs, and yeah. no one thinks of Darnold as a mobile quarterback. But just by having these design runs, it allows DJ Moore to get more open. Um, they can scheme up plays for him. Robbie Anderson's been pretty quiet this year. Yeah. It's almost like him and DJ like he Moore. Had his first touchdown catch last game. Yeah, they kind of reverse roles from last season. DJ Moore was more the deep threat, and Robbie Anderson was underneath, and they've essentially switched their roles this year. So that's another one of those wide receiver tandems where it just depends on price. Mm-hmm. For me. Yeah, same. Yeah. All right. We just spent way too much time talking about a 43-point over-under. <laughs> Let's go on here to Washington at Green Bay. 49-point over-under. Green Bay, 9.5-point favorites. Jake, what are your thoughts on this? 
Uh, with that, I say the spread, it makes you just believe that the run game is going to be pretty heavy for Green Bay. We hope. Uh, it's not always like the case, though. I mean, last week we saw it with the Rams game against the Giants. They just went up big early, and a lot of it was due to the pass, and then they resorted to the run in the second half. So if we think about that script, I could see that playing out. Washington's defense... Did okay against Kansas City. I think they had two interceptions on Mahomes. I think they did a lot better than people were yeah. expecting them to. For oh, sure. no, they did tremendous because they were definitely the bottom tier of defenses last year that you could pick up. And yep. Yeah, they definitely exceeded expectations. So we'll see. see if they do that again, though. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, the guy can sling it all over the field. The number one target for him, we all know, is Adams. So you can't go wrong with Devontae. It's just price. Are you willing to go down with that price and then work your lineup around that because he costs a nice chunk every week. He was 9K last week, and yeah, he's yeah. usually in that range. Absolutely. Yeah, so kind of like Jake said, a lot of people, and I think we're guilty of this too, you see that decent over-under, but then the spread is so big, you just assume, okay, well, the favorite team's going to get up and they're going to lead and they're going to run the ball and kill the clock. Mm-hmm. But that's not necessarily the case. They need to get that lead first. Right? Yeah. Before they can run the ball and run the clock out, they need to get up big. So, like Jake said, this could be a Devontae Adams first half. Mm-hmm. And then we might see a little Aaron Jones. We might even see some A.J. Dillon. Yeah. A.J. Dillon could take over the fourth quarter. And they've already been integrating him more into the passing game. So, again, depending on salary, he could be a sneaky play this week. On the Washington side, it pretty narrow target tree. You got Terry McLaurin. You got usually Logan Thomas, if he's still out, Ricky Seals Jones. And then if Antonio Gibson's healthy, you got him, but he was up at six point or sixty five hundred last week on DraftKings. I think he's J- five nine this week. I, I took a fifty nine hundred. Yeah, yeah. Jaden McKissick had a what nineteen point game. Yeah, he had so a it's ton of catches. Kind of getting to the point where if everybody else is going to play Gibson, I might just play McKissick if I can mm-hmm. save a thousand dollars and potentially score twice as many points. Gain massive leverage. So yes, that's really all there is on the Washington side. Heineke, if he's still under six k. He's a potential cash game play, but I don't really love him. I guess if they're playing from behind, you'd expect him to pass. Yeah, it's so I don't know. he's a tough situation because we all anticipated him to be the cash guy last week, and mm-hmm. you're playing against the 32nd best pass defense in the league, and you can't you can't put up 30 points on him for fantasy. It's I don't know. It's just hard to trust him. Yeah, he only scored 10 fantasy points. Yeah. All we needed was 15. Yeah. And he 3 x you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, that was a little disappointing. But like you said, he was one of the favorite quarterbacks on the slate, one of the most popular. So, everybody else was kind of screwed, too. Um, that does it for that game. Let's keep it going here. Kansas City at Tennessee. Five-and-a-half-point favorites on the road. 57-and-a-half-point over-under. This has got to be the favorite game of the week for everyone. Right? It has to be. Yeah. You're going to see Tannehill stacks. With A.J. Brown, I think Julio went out last night with an injury. We'll see if he's back. You have Ferkser, who's usually around the 3K range mm-hmm. price-wise. Derrick Henry, every week, you know, you can play him. Yeah. He can get you 40 points in any week. And then on the Kansas City side, obviously, Mahomes, Kelsey, Hill. Um, Miko Hardman's getting mixed into the offense a little mm-hmm. more lately. And then at running back, Darrell Williams basically asserted himself as the running back with CEH out. There was a little concern that maybe Jarek McKinnon would get the pass catching downs, but Darrell Williams was essentially a bell cow. He was the dude last week. Yep. He had one heck of a week. I say, I wish, wish I would have played him more. I didn't because I was on the fence with it with McKinnon being there, and 
Just, yeah, was unsure of it. He did exactly what we said. We said what you hope for with the running back in the Kansas City offense is that they're such a high-powered offense, they just fall into the end zone once or twice a game, yeah. and that's what happened. So mm-hmm. it worked out, and, and that's essentially what you want to do. That's a great tiebreaker. Pick players on high-scoring teams. Yes. If you have players with similar, similar projections, similar ownership, similar situations, what team is playing in a game environment that is more conducive to high-scoring? Mm-hmm. So... Kansas City Chiefs, yeah, with their defense not being very good. And they have Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback, so they're always a threat to score 30 or 40 points. Mm-hmm. And Tennessee's defense, their secondary is pretty bad, too. Mm-hmm. So I could see this, yeah, just turning an onslaught of passing for both teams. Tennessee, yep. I mean, you know they're going to run it, though. I mean, they got Derrick Henry, so they're going to find ways to get him the ball, mm-hmm. which he could be a really good play with getting more screen passes or something like that. The other thing I have noticed I looked earlier I checked some of the prices and whatnot we'll go through it later though AJ Brown is like still pretty low since he just came back from injury I think last last night was his first game back in a matter of weeks so I think he was back last week as I played him last week for 6500 okay so he's still yeah really good price like Mm -hmm. right around there so he's I, I like him as a play. Yep. I'm sure a lot of people have that same idea though, so we'll see. If yep. you want to create leverage, just be careful. Yeah, no kidding. I think that does it for that game. Let's move on here. Atlanta at Miami, 47.5 point over under. Miami, 2.5 point favorites in this one. Tua is expected to be back. You have the running back conundrum in Miami. Who knows who to play? Miles Gaskin. D- did he not have... 30 points the other week, two weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, against Tampa. He went against off. Against Tampa Bay, who you never play running backs against. He was their number one re- receiving threat that game. Yeah, and that's how he got the points, because you can't run against that Tampa Bay yeah. front seven. So, uh, Gaskin two weeks ago won some people a lot of money, and then just last Sunday they didn't play him hardly at all. They're mixing in Malcolm Brown, Salvin Ahmed. So, running back by committee there, I'd stay away from them. Um, Gusecki's essentially their ex receiver at this point. I know they have Devontae Parker, but Waddle's playing in the slot. Mm-hmm. Gusecki's that inline tight end. He's getting tons of catches. Yeah, he's taken, I think last tons week I was reading something, and yeah, he lined up more uh, snaps at X than he did at tight end. Yeah. Which just crazy. Yeah, I mean, exactly yeah. what you're saying. I guess he is the new X for them. And, and that is kind of where the game is going. People are looking for these pass catching tight ends that they can play in line, like Gronkowski, Kelsey. Wall or guys like that, but mm-hmm. that's how they're using Gasecki. Now they aren't necessarily manufacturing touches for him like those other teams do for those players, but that's his role. He's mm-hmm. a receiving tight end. He's not in the block, so he's an option depending on his price and what tight ends look. You know, this slate, um, he's always in my player pool at least. I think that's really all I got. Waddle had quite a few targets and catches last week. He's just playing that underneath role. So if he yeah. breaks a tackle or two. You know, busts off a long play, gets in the end zone. Sat line's going to look really good. But he's more like, I mean, he's a slot receiver mm-hmm. at this point in his career. So I do on. like the total on this game. I mean, we're going to hit, say, in 48, which for, like, these two teams, yeah. I would not imagine that happening. Right. So I feel like that just gives me more confidence to play guys from, like, this game. So, like, Atlanta, I like Matt Ryan. I feel like he could be a good play because he's going to be – Pretty cheap, so he could be a guy mm-hmm. you go to. And then the guy that's been the biggest surprise to them is Cordero Patterson. Yep. I feel like he's just going to keep getting touches no matter what. He keeps producing, so why wouldn't he? Dude's a football player. Exactly. You don't need that to is put a position, position next to him. He is a <laughs> yeah. football player. 
The dude runs between the tackles. He can outrun cornerbacks. Dude, he learned how to run routes. He looks good. He looks great. And uh, Ridley. Calvin Ridley's back. I think people have forgot about him. Mm-hmm. And I checked prices earlier today, and he's a pretty fair price. So what you love about guys coming back from injury, I'm noticing this year, yep. is they come back really, really underpriced from what they were before they were injured. Yep. And a lot of people, too, they're afraid to play someone coming off an, in- an injury mm-hmm. because they think they might get re-injured. Mm-hmm. Well, people can get injured in any game. Yeah. If the coaches and trainers feel like this player is capable of playing, and they're going to suit him up, and they're going to use one of those 53 roster spots on him, then, I mean, there's no reason to believe that you can't play him. Oh, yeah. I mean, injuries happen. If, if anyone watched the Browns game, Kareem Hunt, mm-hmm. he's, he's going through the line untouched, just setting up for a pass and plants, and boom. Yeah. Strained or did whatever he did to his calf, but yeah. It looked like an Achilles for a second, but yeah. yeah. Thankfully, it wasn't that bad. It sounds like he'll be back later this year. So, you can't plan for injuries. Like, they happen, they happen. It's just going to happen no matter what you wish for. If the player is playing and they are cheap that week and they're in a good position and you can get leverage, they should be in your player pool. You should at least consider them. Let it ride. Let's go. Other than that, Kyle Pitts, he still hasn't done it yet, but he has the talent. So that's another one of those things. We'll kind of see his price. We'll see his ownership. If it's someone that everyone else has given up on, then maybe we'll play him, throw him in a few lineups. Mm -hmm. If it's someone that everyone is like, this will be his breakout week. They might be right, but you know we could find leverage somewhere else. So we'll, just, we'll, we'll take a look. But Kyle Pitts is a player. Um, outside of that, that, that's about it for me. Anybody? Yeah, that's really it for me. I'll say you covered basically all the Dolphins guys I would even consider looking at. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right, let's move on. I think we're in the afternoon now here. Houston at Arizona, 47.5 point over under. Arizona, 18.5 point favorites. And I should say, these lines and spreads, I found these on BetMGM earlier today. So they may be a little different now when you're listening to this. But that's what we're going off of. So 18.5 points. That's almost three touchdown favorites. And the over-under is under 48, which, like we've mentioned before, that's kind of our target over-under for games that we want to look at. For stacks, at least. Obviously, individual plays are based on value. So, Mm -hmm. I don't know. What are your thoughts here? Don't play anyone from the Texans. <laughs> I'm like, the only person I'm considering playing at all, and it's going to be a bring back, is Brandon Cooks. That is yep. the only guy on that squad I'm looking at. Cardinals, you got options. The receiving core is tough to pick because we looked last week. If you look at Nuke, it's like, oh, yeah, he put up 20 points or something. Well, guess what, though? He had three catches. Yep. The only reason that happened, that he hit that 20-whatever mark, well, two of them were touchdowns. Yep. So his volume, you know, isn't indicating he's getting a lot of love. The guy I think that had the most touches out of the receivers last week was Rondell Moore. And if you're looking at prices, like we've been saying, Mm -hmm. those other guys, Rondell Moore, Christian Kirk, A.J. Green, a lot less than new. So you just need to think... Leverage play there, or ride with you know your gut and go with the bigger dog, whichever you choose. Uh, running backs, I like them this week since we were saying you know if they get up big, teams want to run the ball. So I'm like, we get into the second half. I anticipate Edmonds and Connor getting a lot, a lot of the touches there in that second half. You could imagine they're going to stick with their normal air raid offense in the first half. Get up big, mm-hmm. Kyler Murray and the receiving core is going to do a lot of damage and. Maybe a sneaky play, just maybe. Zach Ertz would be a guy that if he's Ooh. cheap, 
cheap, you could maybe consider going with him, but... Nice little welcome home party sort of deal, huh? Yeah, I'd say, you know, he gets, gets the start this week, it looks like, and who knows? He could get action. Max Williams was getting action before. He, he went on the IR, so... He was. He could be a sneaky play for somebody out there. I was wondering what your Zach Ertz take would be since you're an Eagles fan. I got Sounds a lot like of love for the for guy. Him. Yeah, no, I'm rooting for him. I yeah. mean, he was great for my squad, and I wish nothing but the best for him. Yep. So the way I would attack this game, um, I agree with everything Jake said, but I don't want to necessarily stack this, but I think what you could do is you could run a James Conner-Brandon Cooks secondary correlation. Ooh, okay. Like Jake mentioned, we anticipate the Cardinals to be up big, and then they're going to just be grinding that clock out. James Conner is more of the grinder. Mm-hmm. Chase Edmonds is the pass-catching back, the two-minute back. James Conner gets all the goal line carries, so he might find himself in the end zone once or twice in the first half even while they're building that lead. And then in the second half, you'd expect him to get the bulk of the carries. They want to keep Jay, or Chase Edmonds fresh. And then Brandon Cooks has been a sub-6K receiver this year basically every week. So we'll take a look at his price later, but if he's coming in under 6K... And James Conner is usually in that low 5K range. That might be a sneaky little secondary correlation you could play in your lineup, right? Houston's mm-hmm. playing from behind. They're going to be slinging it. Brandon Cooks is their only receiver, really, right? Yeah. And then James yeah, Conner totally. can find himself getting some carries late, maybe some early touchdowns. So I like that. When we're looking for stacks, that's what we want. We want players that if one performs well, it pulls the other player up. Mm-hmm. So when we look for double stacks in tournament lineups, we're looking for a quarterback. The quarterback's going to have a good game. He has to pass for a lot. Well, if he's passing for a lot, his receivers are catching him and scoring. goes without saying. And then if that's the case, if you have a quarterback and a couple pass catchers that are going off, well, then you would kind of expect the, a player from the other team, maybe not, maybe more than one even, but you would expect mm-hmm. the other team to be playing catch-up or for those teams to be matching each other. Yes. So you'd be playing a bring-back. And then you just need that to happen. You need that game to play out that way. And that's how you win. So it's not necessarily you're predicting what's going to happen. I mean, to an extent, you're like, if this happens, I will you know, have a good yeah. shot at winning. And that's kind of how lineup building works. Yeah. You're projecting like how you think the game will unfold and then base your yep. lineup sort of off that and your plays that you want to go with, those guys. Yep. And you want to look at probabilities. You're factoring in the salary of players. You want to play good value. Mm-hmm. You're not just playing players because, oh, this game's a high over-under, so I'll play the best players from those teams that I can afford. You want to look for leverage, you want to look for value in players, but when you're building stacks and lineups, you definitely need to take into consideration the correlated pieces. So, for this one, not a game that I would run a double stack with, necessarily, but I do, I think so many people will just be off the game entirely, they'll just exit off. Mm -hmm. And so that is when you can create leverage, you can go back to it and you can play individual plays that have opportunities to have good games and players that come in at good value. So that's my thought on that. We still got four games, and then we're going to look at salary. So let's keep this moving. We got Philadelphia at Las Vegas, 49-point over-under. Las Vegas, three-point favorites at home. Jake, thoughts? Go Bird Eagles Gang. boy. Yeah, let's hear <laughs> Say, it. Go Bird Gang. Let's hear it. Uh, the NFL cheat code of the year, Jalen Hurts. That's true. You cannot go wrong with him. He has proven everyone wrong every single game. DraftKings is broken. I don't know why they don't price him higher. Does not make any sense whatsoever. The guy puts up two touchdowns or more every game. His least amount of scoring in a game this year, 21 fantasy points. Puts up 21 or more every single week. You can't go wrong with the guy. Um, some other guys from Philly that 
I just want to believe in the guy. We don't got you can't rattle off their two D roster. I'm not. I'm just, not. Let's hear it. They got Miles Sanders. I want to hear. I want Miles Sanders to have a week, and I think well, I would do too. Week. I own him in a ton of basketball. I would love for him to have a week too. I think he can have a week finally. Kenny Gainwell didn't get as many touches last week. The Raiders' rush defense isn't the greatest, so I think he's got a shot. I don't think a lot of people will be thinking about him. The other guys, like you said, Devonta Smith. Another guy I would maybe run a double stack with, Quiz Watkins. Since mm-hmm. Raiders secondary is pretty poor, I could totally see him busting off just a deep bomb or something or getting a screen and taking 80 yards to the house. Yeah. Other guy for Philly, Dallas Goder. He's back in the lineup this week. Hurts is gone, like we just said. Yep. He's only going to get more targets, and Hurts does like him. He targets him quite often in the red zone. Um, the opposing side there, the Raiders... I like Josh Jacobs. The Philly rush defense is horrific this year. I could see him going off. Last week, I know Kenyon Drake ended up with like 20 points. Yeah. I don't know exactly how he got there either, but I, I don't think that'll happen again. It seems fluky for him to come out of nowhere like that, but you know, they got a new head coach now, so I don't know. We'll, we'll yeah. have to look at some, some of the numbers throughout the week and we'll have a little more info for you on Saturday. And then Waller. He's really the only other guy. I'm not a huge fan of the receiving core for the Raiders. It's just... I think it's just too inconsistent. Renfro never gets anything past like 10 yards. Mm-hmm. Rugs, you're basically counting him catching a bomb and then scoring it. Yep. Edwards, I don't even know where he's at anymore. He's just like falling off their offense. Which is crazy because, you know, he looked great last year. They were talking about him. He, you know, dealt with injuries. And it was his rookie year. And mm-hmm. then coming into this year, all offseason, all they said is this guy is the guy. Mm-hmm. We know he's drafted Henry Ruggs in the first round. Well, Brian Edwards is our ex-receiver. And then the season started, and he's out there on every play, but they just aren't targeting him. They're not you know, manufacturing plays for him or touches. So, mm-hmm. yeah, otherwise, exactly what you said. Um, if you were going to stack this game, you could sprinkle rugs in just because yeah. of, like you said, he comes in cheaper than Waller, and he's always a deep threat. It seems like they've been trying to get him mixed into the offense a little more. But I don't know why they don't use him more on shallow crosses and get the ball in his hands. I mean, the dude's a playmaker. Yeah. They send him deep and throw him Mary's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Shallow crosses. Get him the ball. See what he can do. Uh, yeah, Philadelphia side. You're the Eagles boy. I'll just go with what you said. We'll defer to that. All right. <laughs> Next game. Chicago at Tampa Bay. 47 point over under. Tampa Bay 12 and a half point favorites. So here we are. You know, six games have been played. Teams are starting to separate themselves. This is the second game. That has over double-digit double spreads. Yeah. Man. Yep. So, I, I guess I'll just... My thoughts real quick. Don't play anybody from Chicago. I wouldn't play anybody from Chicago if it was a close game. I wouldn't play anybody if they were favored. You just can't trust anybody. Khalil Herbert had himself a game last week, but Damian Williams is going to be back. Mm-hmm. He was on the COVID list. He should be 100% healthy, ready to go. He didn't sustain any injuries or anything. Um, Justin Fields holds the ball too long, and Matt Nagy doesn't... Scheme an offense up to play to his strengths. Yeah. So you can't really play him. Um, Allen Robinson, I don't know what happened to him. He was one of the best receivers in the NFL his entire career up until this year. And the the narrative was always that he never had a good quarterback. He was with Blake Bortles in Jacksonville. And then he was in Chicago. But this year, he really just fell off the face of the earth. I don't know what happened. He was at least putting up numbers before. And you always wondered, what if? Mm -hmm. What if he could play with the quarterback? But I just can't trust to play him. Uh, Cole Komet not really putting up fantasy numbers. Just, just the offense in general. They, they don't score enough points. 
right? They don't move the ball enough mm-hmm. to have any viable plays. It's like Mooney's saving himself because he's, I think he's got a touchdown the past two weeks, but I'm scared away just like you because the implied line for them that they're going to put up is, I'm seeing 17 right now. So I'm like, <laughs> you're counting on them to get two touchdowns and a field goal. So it's just going to be a guessing game on who gets those touchdowns, which you, there's no need to even go to that point where right. you can just look at Tampa Bay and be like, oh, they're definitely going to score touchdowns. Yeah. Like, no matter what. So on them, it's, it's one of those things where this probably isn't a game you're going to want to stack unless you feel differently about someone from Chicago. Maybe you do think Mooney's a good play. Mm-hmm. You're not going to play a running back against Tampa Bay unless it's a pass-catching back. I guess Damian Williams might yeah. be considered a pass-catching back, but you would think Tampa Bay is going to figure out you know, how to stop that Gaskin thing from ever happening again. Mm-hmm. Um, receivers, Tampa Bay is a pass funnel, but when their front seven gets to the quarterback and then the opposing quarterback can't pass, right, holds the ball too long, like who cares that the secondary is a pass funnel? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I mean, like, Philly played on this last week, and mm-hmm. Philly was only in the game because Jalen Hurts could run the ball. Right. He had two rushing touchdowns, and I think he threw for under under 200 yards. Yeah, know? I think he did. I think you're right. So, I mean... But Chicago doesn't run fields, so that doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tampa Bay side could be a four-net game. Mm-hmm. He catches passes. He's involved when, you know, basically the whole game, whether they're playing from behind or ahead or two-minute offense, he's in. Gio Bernard, you know, comes in every now and then as a third down back, but it's essentially the Uncle Lenny show. Gio seems like he's more the two-minute guy. Yeah. Last week, true. I think before the half, they had him in for two-minute drill. There was like 30 seconds left or something. Yeah. But yeah, I'm like, I think you're ready Lenny's turned into the bell cow. He, mm-hmm. I think he's going to get all the touches unless he fumbles the ball. Yep. Because Bruce Arians likes to give the second guy up a shot if the starter fumbles. So Hot hand approach, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Leonard Fournette, he'd probably be a pretty safe play, play. We'll look at his salary here and see if we think he might be a cash running back or not. Uh, moving on, New York Jets at New England, 42.5 point over under. Ugh. And then a <laughs> Patriots 7 point favorites. Jake, what are your thoughts? I just, yeah, really want nothing to do with this game. These guys on both sides have not shown a whole lot. New England. You have some guys, like I could see Damian Harris maybe having himself a game, running all over the Jets. He had one last week. He's had a couple this year. He, I could imagine that he could do something, spark something there. Pass catches is hard. I was rooting for Jacoby Myers last week. I'm going to keep rooting for him every single week until the dude scores a touchdown. Yep. Last week he gets robbed. Ugh, just lineman held on the play, so it gets called back, and then... What does New England do? Strip sack, Randy Gregory, next play for Dallas. So, it's tough with New England. I know those their receivers are at good prices, but you just, I don't know. You're, you're not looking at this game too much with that over-under being 43. Right. So, I really want nothing to do with it. Hunter Henry, he's been showing out. He's been getting touchdowns for the, the Patriots. On the Jets' side, they're coming back from a bye, so hopefully they have something put together and schemed up that they're can't be stopped. It. Yeah, they need they it. They're a rookie quarterback going against Belichick. But the Jets, I really don't want anything to do with them either. Running back is by committee. There's no guy you can trust there. Zach Wilson's so inconsistent. You could see him throw two touchdowns or throw four interceptions. Who's to say? Yep. And their receivers. Uh, 
Corey Davis does look like the guy. Yeah. Um, which was a surprise, I think, for most people. Uh, a lot of people anticipate Elijah Moore having a bigger role, but he hasn't done much. Corey Davis has asserted himself as the alpha, and mm-hmm. everybody else is a beta in that pack. Yeah. Maybe coming out of the bye week, they'll have you know a bigger role in mind for Elijah Moore. But yeah, you're 100% right. Through this point in the season, Corey Davis has been the guy. Yeah, this is a game I, I the only player I would even consider playing is Damian Harris, but we haven't looked at his salary yet, so I don't even know. It's such a low point total that it would be hard, regardless of anyone's price, for anyone to return enough value for you to play in a lineup. Unless Damian Harris is coming in at sub 5,500. If he's under 5,500, I would probably have him in my player pool, but that isn't even the guarantee that I'd have him in a lineup when it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. And other than that, this low point total, who else are you going to play? Jacoby Myers is nice. You know, if they're playing in a shootout, he is their number one wide receiver, but. I mean, his ceiling is like 15 points in a game like this. Yeah. So that's just not enough to get it done. All right, let's keep it moving. Detroit at the Rams. 50 and a half point over under. The Rams are 15 point favorites. This game, I'm just getting uh, week one. San Francisco, Detroit vibes. I could see this being a high scoring kind of, I don't want to call it a shootout necessarily. Detroit was playing from behind that whole game. Jared Goff threw for over 300 yards, I want to say. Mm-hmm ended up being like a really nice fantasy game because yeah the Lions stormed back in the second half I what god what were the Niners up like 38 to something 38 7 10 I don't know something the over under I think hit 70 yeah I think it was it like maybe broke 70 the Niners were up big and then yeah the Lions stormed their way back my only thing is though like I I, I get why you have that vibe I just think the Rams defense is way better than the Niners and That's fair. their firepower is Probably some of the best that is in the NFL right now on the yeah. offensive side. I just, yeah, I don't see the Lions. I don't see the Lions getting it done. Goff, middle of the road sort of quarterback. The only guy I like on a regular basis from the Lions is going to be DeAndre Swift right now. Mm-hmm. He gets carries and he also gets a lot of targets uh, for passing downs as well. He's yep. their guy right now. Jamal Williams. Looks like his role's fading more and more every week. Yep. I think last week he didn't even break five carries and maybe had a catch. So, Swift's just getting more and more action, and we're about that action, boss. We're about that action, boss. Let's go. I should clarify, I'm not expecting Detroit to be a threat in this game. I think the Rams will handle them. Yeah. I guess all I meant by that is that I, this could be one of those games, like we talked about earlier, people see that high point spread. And they just think, okay, I'm just going to play Darrell Williams, the running back for the favored team. Mm-hmm. And other than that, I'm not going to touch anybody. I guess where I was coming from is the Rams have to get up big to begin with. So depending on salary, maybe you do play Stafford, Cup. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Woods sure. or Higby. And, yes. then, and then coming back, if Detroit's playing from behind, DeAndre Swift catches passes, gets all the high-volume touches. He's their goal line back. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have Hawkinson. Tight ends are always tough. So you can play it if Hawkinson's under 6K, which I imagine he will be. You could play him as a bring back, or you could even bring it uh, a Monter St. Brown back. Yes. Monter St. Brown has been under, did he finally break 4,000 last week on DraftKings? I don't think so. I mean, I he's, he's around 100. A, Maybe he broke it, but. Yeah, $4,000 play. So you can run the suds from the Rams, and you could bring it back with a cheap Lions option, and the Lions might score 24 points and still lose by the 15-point spread. That was where I was coming from. Yeah. I don't think it'll be a close game. I just meant that if Detroit's playing from behind, 
Gotcha. They they are. I mean, look how they played the Ravens. Look how they played the 49ers. These guys don't get blown out. These guys show up and they play, mm-hmm. and then they lose. So, I mean, the Rams are going to win the game. Yeah. But I'm not I, afraid to play Swift. I'm not afraid to play Hawkinson. I'm with you, I would say, yeah. I guess I wasn't sure on the take there. But the Rams, yeah. I feel like yeah. they're the Rams are just going to repeat what they did last week. On the Giants. They will, but the Lions are a much better team than the Giants. The, the Lions are. Yeah. I just feel like the same script should play out, though. It's like... You offensively. Get, yeah, offensively. Yeah, I'm like, I feel like the passing attack is going to be on firing on all cylinders in the first half. Maybe even in the third quarter. Who knows? And then Henderson will take over. Darrell Henderson. And, you know, they'll just feed him until the clock runs out. Yep. Yeah. I think we're on the same page. All right, well, that's going to do it for our game-by-game. We're just going to pop down here now and take a look at some of the salaries. So this here, this is on Fantasy Pros page. This is free content right here, free material. So we're going to take a look. Over here, you can see this is the players this week's salary, last week, and the differential. So you can see which players are rising and falling. Here we got the opponent. So we'll just kind of take a look here. Right now we're at quarterback. Um... You know, I've been talking all year to to Jake that Kyler Murray is a nine thousand dollar play, and they finally plus six hundred this week. He's up to eighty five hundred. So at that price, playing Houston, like we said, they're huge favorites. Who knows how they get up? Kyler Murray might have two rushing touchdowns. Mm-hmm. He might have a rushing and three or four passing. So that price tag still doesn't scare me away because I know he's capable of returning value. We're looking for that four X, right? Yeah, he can score forty points. Easily. He's done it before. Does it almost every week, He's playing against Houston, so... Playing against Houston, yep. So, that is a game, like we mentioned, people probably aren't going to be stacking, so that would be a contrarian play. Playing a quarterback, highest price on the slate, but could still get you a 40-point return. And that's what you need to win tournaments. Here we go, Mahomes rolling down, yep. This is the first time I can remember Mahomes not being the highest-priced quarterback since the Lamar Jackson MVP season. It's got to be first, I'd say. This is crazy. Still at 8,400, but again, he's in the same boat. He can score 40 points any week, so I'm not afraid of him. Great matchup for him, too. Yep. Tom Brady, he's getting a little pricey here. 7,700 for a quarterback that can't run. Playing Chicago. I mean, you never want to write him off. He could still get there, but that's a little pricey for me. We'll see how I'm feeling later in the week. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, 75, about right. Lamar Jackson, 74. Cincinnati, that's pretty cheap for Lamar Jackson. And like, good thing all those running backs scored the touchdowns. Otherwise, I think his price would have went up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, those goal line touches, those could have been his. So playing Cincinnati, that's a game. I mean, who knows? Baltimore's defense could just shut him down, and it could be a low-scoring mm-hmm. game just like Baltimore and the Chargers this last week. But if it does turn into a shootout, I mean, Cincinnati's not afraid to sling the ball around, and they have playmakers. Yeah. So... Yeah, who knows? That's an interesting game. Um, Stafford, like we were talking about earlier, this could be a game environment where he might end up in, in somewhat of a shootout. But he's up $400 from last week. He broke the 7000 barrier. That, that's a little pricey, but we'll see. We'll see where it comes. Jalen Hurts, the cheat code, like we were talking about earlier. This guy, he just can't get above 7000 I don't get it. He went down? He's a top... Yeah, he went down $100. <laughs> he's a top five... Quarterback on the season, I believe. Oh, He's got to yeah. be. Yeah. No, he totally is. In a good game environment here. So that's someone that will definitely be on, especially for cash games. Uh, Tannehill coming at 6400 against the Chiefs. So he's up $300. But 6400 is still pretty cheap for a quarterback in a game that's expected to go over 50 points. 
So that's someone that I think is just going to be chop. Yeah. I, I like, like it. Will be. But I like it for the reason that everybody would like it. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll check on Saturday and see where he's at ownership-wise. Um, I think he's going to be a pretty popular play. So he might end up being our cash quarterback. Russell Wilson, obviously injured. He's out. Burrow here, 6,200. I mean, that's about where he's normally at. Derek Carr got priced up $400 this week playing Philadelphia. So they're expecting that to be a bit of a shootout over at DraftKings. That's about it. We're looking over here. Tua. He's up $1,500, but he was injured. So they had him with the men's sal. They're bringing him up. $5,500 is still pretty cheap for a quarterback. So depending on how you feel about this game, if you think it could turn into a shootout, he might be worth a look. Say so Jacksonville put up a lot of points on Atlanta this past week. So That's about all I got. Heineke was our cash play last week against the Chiefs. He's down $600, but that kind of makes sense. They're playing at Green Bay. That's a little bit different from playing the Chiefs. Yeah, that's a tough environment. So that's all I'm seeing here. You got any thoughts there? Or you want to go over to running back? No, I'd say you probably hit all those. Maybe Darnold, I would consider. He went down a little bit. Yeah, he's it's a good call. He's been playing well. Giants defense. I mean, the Giants in general are not very good. So himself, the Rams did do him last week. Yeah, a sub six k quarterback. That always catches my eye there. Mm -hmm. All right, good call. Running backs here, top of the list as he should be. The yeah. king. Derrick Henry, that's right, King Henry, $9,200. That's probably about where he should be. Now, in years past, he was always so volatile that once he went above 8K or so, you were kind of afraid to play him. Or you'd look at ownership. Yeah. If he was owned more than 20%, you'd fade him. If he was under that, you'd play him. Um, now, though, you can just play him every week. So even at 9200 depending on how we build our cash lineup on Saturday, if we can afford that, we might jam him in. We'll just have to see how it plays out. He's up $200 from last week. But, yeah, dude's a, a workhorse. Bell cow back. You got Alvin Kamara here coming in at 8900 at Seattle. He's Monday night. Oh, that's a Monday night game. Yep. So he's not even on the main slate. Here we got Christian McCaffrey. He's still out, right? I think he's, yeah. I think he went IR. I think he went IR, too. We got Aaron Jones, Washington, 7500 Aaron Jones is one of those guys that has been – I just don't think he's – I don't know. I don't even know what to say. He's certainly <laughs> capable of being a $7,500 play, but he's too inconsistent. Yeah. And every week, he has low ownership, well, so I always want to play him, but he never does it. He gets screwed over because, like this last week, he would break off a big play. Guess what? AJ they Dillon. sub him out. They're like, let's bring A.J. Dillon. And then mm -hmm. A.J. Dillon just hawking scores from him. Like, come on. Yep. And they still raised his price to $200. So... Mm -hmm. I don't know. I mean, against Washington, I like the matchup, but I wish he was 6,500 instead of 7,500. Yeah. We'll see, though. We'll see how it plays out. Jonathan Taylor had himself a game this last week. He's up $500 because of it. Playing at San Francisco. He's not on the side. That's, that's the night game, yeah. yeah. Sorry about that. Need to look over here. Thursday, Sunday, back to 1 o'clock here. Saquon, we think he's still out, so, right? Uh, yep. Daryl Henderson up $600. I think this is about where he should be priced. I thought he was cheap last week. I think this is reasonable playing against Detroit, their favorites. Yeah. He catches passes, workhorse back. I think that's a reasonable price. Mm -hmm. I, still, I mean, I still think it's a steal with that matchup. Like, yep. Yep. No, that, yeah, the $600 difference here, that doesn't scare me away at all. Kareem Hunt's going to be out, and he's a Thursday night game. Mixon, Mixon went up $100. He's usually. In that mid six thousand range, and I think that's fair value. 
I got no problem with that. No. Leonard Fournette up 500. He's probably up about 2,000 on the year. I think he did start around 4,400, didn't he? I think People so, yeah. Everybody was thinking Ronald Rojo Jones was going to be the guy. Because yeah. Rojo was the, well, no. Lenny was their playoff run guy in the Super Bowl. He did some work, too. I think Ronald Jones was injured a little bit, but yeah, regardless, okay. regardless. Uh, 6,400. That's probably about appropriate for his use and the matchup you're going against Chicago. Mm-hmm. We'll keep coming in. We got Cordero Patterson. I guess they played on the uh, the London game. Yeah, so he didn't have game. a salary for the main slate. Sixty three hundred. That is way too much in my opinion. That was a guy that I liked playing when he was forty nine hundred and hoping he'd have himself a game for sixty three hundred. He's way too boomer bust for me. I, I'm not gonna have him in my player pool. Yeah, I mean he's close. If he was in the fives, I'd feel more comfortable, but. Being the low six, uh, it just depends. I mean, if... Well, think about the running backs we were talking about earlier that we like, that we haven't even gotten to yet. Josh Jacobs is yes. here. DeAndre Swift is here. I guess I do like, yeah, other guys below him, I like them a lot. Daryl Williams. We got Damian Harris, Harris. James Conner over here at 5,600. So, yeah, I, I just don't understand that pricing. I mean, I know he's had blow-up games, but he's not getting yeah. consistent work. He's only running between 20 and 30% of targets. Mm-hmm. He's getting obviously less than fifty percent of the running back carries because Mike Davis is still the starter. Yeah, so they're getting about an even. I think he gets a little bit less. Mike Davis is averaging like thirteen or fourteen carries, and then C. Pat's getting like nine, yeah, eight to ten maybe. I, I just can't justify paying sixty three hundred dollars for a player who's a wide receiver three and a running back two on his own team. Yeah, no, you got a point. I'd say you're basically if you're going with him, you're banking on him. Like guaranteeing touchdowns, right, right, which no one knows. So, right. so we'll probably play him in all of our tournament lineups because everyone else will think exactly <laughs> what we just said, and no one's going to touch him. And then he'll have a forty-point game for us. Then someone will win the millie. Y'all can send us a little bit of that. No problem. Yeah, we'll get you our Venmo. All right, let's keep moving here. Let's get the, get through this episode. We got Josh Jacobs, sixty-two hundred. So he's priced up three hundred dollars. Um. It's tricky because of the usage. Like you were saying earlier, Kenny Drake, it was his week last week. They were mixing Peyton Barber in mm-hmm. for the two weeks prior to that. So it's just tough. Josh Jacobs was a first-round draft pick. He's got the talent. It's just, are they going to trust him with the workload? So at 6,200, that's going to be a pretty volatile play. Could return value. He could only get five carries and end up being their third-string running back. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows how they're going to play it? You got Chuba Hubbard with McCaffrey out, 6,100. That's, I don't know. I mean, if that was Christian McCaffrey, that'd be the cheapest he's been since his rookie year. <laughs> and they're playing the Giants. So, I don't know. Maybe 6100 is fair value. It just depends on how they want to use him this week. DeAndre Swift, I love this here. $6,000 playing against the Rams. He gets all the running back carries. They'll be playing from behind. He's a pass-catching back. He's essentially their wide receiver 2B. Yeah. I say he gets a lot of the targets. You, you got Hawkinson, and then you got Swift and Amon or St. Brown, I guess, or one one B. I, yeah. I don't know. The, Could be yeah. one B. I say at this point in the season. Yeah, yeah Swift. I love him. He's produced week in and week out, and that price. Yeah, I'm really shocked that it's still floating around that six number. Yeah, the Rams might have a good run defense, but when you're a pass catching back, that doesn't really matter. Like we were talking yeah. about the Buccaneers the other. The other week, we faded all Miami running backs, and Miles Gaskin caught a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I really like that. He, I don't know. He came down in price, I guess, because of the matchup. 
Um, over here we got Antonio Gibson. He came down $600 like we were talking. He's kind of J.D. McKissick's backup at this point. I yeah, don't I don't know, know what's going either. on with Washington. I, yeah, I just don't trust either. I don't know if he's injured or what. Um, let's keep it going here. We got Latavius Murray running back by committee there, not touching him. Daryl Williams at $4,900. He's up $900, but this is still way too cheap. He's 58 Oh, I'm looking at last week. I was yeah. Okay, my bad. Yeah, I was saying, I thought he was 4800 That's probably where he should have been last week. That seems mm-hmm. like a reasonable price for him. Damon Harris, 57 so he's up $500. He had a 20-point game. That's probably about right. Ramondre Stevenson was getting mixed in a little bit more last week, but Harris is the bell cow. James Conner, um, what was he last week? He was 5500 They bumped him up one. I like this game here, so that doesn't really scare me away. Chase Edmonds, he's staying the same. Uh, Damian Williams, he's going down 300 They are playing at Tampa Bay, so that makes sense. He's the pass catching back, though, so if you want to get contrarian, you can get a bell cow back and catch his pass for $5,500. I don't know. Not really seeing a whole lot else. Devontae Booker is going to be in. We'll say Quan out. I think that's a reasonable price. Gaskin's down $600. Like we were saying earlier, he had the blow-up game two weeks ago. They priced him up, and then he was basically into a committee then. playing it's like... yeah, behind Malcolm Brown last week, so he's back down. Khalil Herbert's up $600, but with Damian Williams coming back, I mean, I'm not going to pay $5,200 for someone who's going to be splitting carries. In an offense that's only projected to score, would you say 17 points? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to touch him. Not really seeing a whole lot else here. Kenny Drake's up 600 after that game last week. Um, what do we got here? Dimitri Felton is up $900. That's yes, a Thursday night game. Chubbs ruled that. out. Chubbs out. So Felton... I don't know. I was reading today the Ernest Johnson. They mix him in. Okay, too. yeah. I was like, they have the practice squad back. Dearness Johnson. That he might get the early downs, and then Felton's getting the pass catching downs, yeah. third down and whatnot. Thursday night game, so something to consider if you're going to do any showdowns, yeah, or if you're yeah. season long, you know. Mm-hmm. And you had Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb. You probably never heard of either of those guys. So keep your eyes on that. That's about it. We're getting pretty low here. I don't really have any thoughts on these really really cheap guys if any injuries pop up you always want to consider these guys in the i don't know 4000 to 5500 range yeah otherwise i wouldn't touch them unless the starter gets ruled out midweek yeah those are like guys you're looking at saturday and sunday that are like yep just been notified that hey you're gonna get to start this week yeah the alexander madisons the chuba hubbards players like that and then they become the chalk so Mm-hmm. Everybody plays them. You'll know about them when the time comes. All right, here we go. Receivers, Devontae Adams. He's down 100 He's still $8,900, though they're playing Washington. Um, Green Bay, obviously pretty heavy favorites. So if they jump out to a big lead, it might be because of a couple of Devontae Adams touchdowns. But I'm not really expecting a shootout here. Let's see what else we got. Anything jumping out to you? Tyreek Hill, say he's... I'm sure going to eat. Going against Tennessee, one of the worst secondaries in the league. Yeah. Could turn into shootout, so he could be getting a lot of action. He was dealing with an injury during last game. He went to the sideline. He even went in the locker room for a bit. He came back. He put up a great stat line. Yeah. But something to keep your eye on, too. You know, when you get that adrenaline pumping, you can play through damn near anything. So we'll see how he's feeling this Sunday. 
Got Cup. I mean, they finally got him priced about where he should be. Great matchup. Yeah. Guys finally getting priced where he should be. Leading the NFL, I believe, in receiving yards right now. And every other stat, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, probably every <laughs> stat, honestly. Touchdowns, you name it. Yep. Nuke, uh, pretty high, but like we said earlier, it's hard hard to go with him as the hot hand. Is, it's just too inconsistent. They have I mean, four receivers that have over a 14% target share. Yeah. And then yeah. you got to factor in Chase Edmonds as a pass catching back. Max Williams was catching passes, and now they traded for Zach Ertz to replace Max Williams, and Ertz is a pass catching tight end. Mm-hmm. So he's he's capable. He has the talent. I mean, he's one of my favorite players to watch in the NFL. He's great. But when you're looking at this price, I don't know. I don't know. Good tournament play, I guess. Yeah. Should be good leverage. Not many people are going to play him, but got DJ Moore there coming up next. Two hundred under, yeah. Say drop down a little bit, and they're even playing a favorable matchup. Let's say Giants secondary not too hot. Twenty third ranked defense, it says. It's just the receiver. total on that one. I know was really low, so that's the only thing you're not expecting a lot of points to be scored. Maybe I guess this is one of those that you could. I don't know. Hope for the the one team that you think is going to win. Maybe pushes and ends up putting 10 points more than what's expected, mm-hmm. which does unfold every now and then. That's mm-hmm. This is maybe one of those matchups I could see that happening where the Panthers end up scoring 10 more points than they're implied to. Yep. And then a guy like DJ Moore goes off. Uh, we got Scary Terry there next. He dropped a little bit in price. He didn't have too hot of a game last week. I don't even think he scored a touchdown or anything. Ricky Seals-Jones, I believe, was their number one pass catcher, mm-hmm. RSJ. Yep. And Calvin Ridley, that's a guy I, I'm i really liking his price tag. He's dropped a lot since the season started. I know he was in the 8K range there when we first started. Yeah. Well, the way he ended last season, you know, it was it was warranted. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you look at this, they're playing against Miami, 30th-ranked defense against wide receiver. So that's definitely someone worth considering. Very, very favorable matchup. Yep, yep. And coming into the year, everyone thought, well, Matt Ryan, he's a passing quarterback. They got Calvin Ridley, who has shown that he is an elite wide receiver talent. Mm-hmm. And there's no one else. He, there's no one else to compete with targets since Julio Jones is gone. They drafted Kyle Pitts. It always takes a tight end a year or two to get integrated into the offense. Sometimes up to three or four seasons. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I don't know. People have given up on him, but we're, what, not even a third of the way through the year yet? We, or we just hit? We just hit the third mark. Third of the and way he's coming year. back from injury. Yeah, so yeah, I totally agree. I mean, he could be priced two thousand higher than that mm-hmm. if he was performing the way we expected at the beginning of the year, playing against Miami, thirtieth ranked defense against receiver. Yeah, worth considering at least. Keep coming down. Mike Evans is down a little bit. Uh, Tom Brady slings it to everybody. He's got Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin. I don't know if Gronk's coming back say, this week. If you're running any Bucks guys, I think you have to do a double sack. Tom Brady, like. He's just one of those quarterbacks that you're better off doing that. He's not mobile. He's not mobile. So if he's going to score 40, it's because he passed really yes. well. He threw for 400 yards and five touchdowns. And he loves to spread the rock around. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you can almost guarantee that two of those receivers for him or a tight end is going to get those touchdowns and go off. They have to. Yeah. It's not no one. <laughs> it's not no one. You're right. He ain't throwing it to Lenny too often. Yep. Keep going down. Robert Woods, he's kind of moving back. He's up to 6,400 coming into the year. 
him and Cooper Cup were both in the high 6,000 range, low 7,000 range. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, mid or high. Yeah, and Cup really separated himself. But Robert Woods, he's moving himself back up the ranks here. 6,400. I think that's fair value. They're playing Detroit and L.A. It's fine by me. Keep coming down. I mean, these guys are all kind of where you would expect them. They got A.J. Brown. It says he's up 500 to 6,300. I didn't know he ever went below 6,000. But that right there, I just love the talent. I think he's a top five talent in the NFL. Oh, yeah. He has no competition as a receiver on his team. They're playing the Chiefs, which has the – says 14th ranked defense versus wide receivers, but the way their games always pan out, they turn into shootouts. Mm-hmm. And Tennessee, they can play with anybody. They don't necessarily want – Proved it Monday night. They proved it Monday yeah, Beat the Bills the same. They don't necessarily want to come out and score 40 points. They want to just get ahead and win the game. But if they're forced to pass and they're forced to, you know, design plays for Henry, they'll do it. Yeah. They're not afraid to do that. So I really, really like this. I just can't believe that he was fifty seven hundred or fifty eight hundred last week. He was so, he was another guy come back from injury. Yeah. So I love that value right there. That matchup, that value. We'll see what his ownership looks like. This could be a game that you stack. We'll see what happens. I think it's a game a lot of people will be stacking. Keep coming here. Jamar Chase down $500 at Baltimore. I'm guessing that's why. We got the matchup through third rank against wide receiver. Love the talent. Tough matchup. He is one of those players, though. He just needs one or two touches to get there. Mm-hmm. So, um, cash lineup, not going to play him. Tournament, maybe. We'll see. We'll see on Saturday how we're feeling about that. We might be running some Baltimore-Cincinnati stacks. Keep coming down. Nothing really jumping out at me. Jalen Waddell up 700 He had himself a big game. Stat-wise, but his usage didn't really change. So the fact that his price is jumping up that much, if you're expecting this to be a shootout, then I guess maybe play him. But what do we got here? The over-under is 47 and a half. So yeah. it's kind of right at that line that we usually look for, that 48-point over-under. Yeah. Yeah, I see some guys that are like Godwin. I mean, he's the cheapest out of that receiving trio for the Tampa Bay, so... A lot of people eye that, though. You know, they're always going for the cheapest guy out of the bunch. Yep. I could see him, though, having a great game. He's... Under 6K. Yeah, I really do like that price for him. And yeah. then Marquise Brown. I mean, like you were saying, I mean, the guy is one catch away from breaking a huge touchdown and having a monster game. So I, yeah. I feel like he's going to get the looks. It's just a matter of him converting and doing something with him. Yep. And like I, I'm going to keep saying it. As long as he's under 6K, I'm going to keep playing him. Because he is worth more than that. He is a couple catches away from returning 30 or 40 points. Mm-hmm. You don't get that typically from players like this. This is that range where you have Kenny Galladay, 5,700. Yeah, he might give me 12 points. Yeah. Sure. Marquise Brown might give me 40. Truth be told. That's my thoughts there. Um, Sterling Shepard, super talented, up $600. Carolina, that's another guy. If you're going to run a Carolina New York Giants stack... I think you got to consider him. Everybody's going to be high on Kadarius Tony if Tony plays, if he gets over his ankle injury. But Sterling Shepard is a stud when he's in. Keep coming down here. Um, this all seems about right. Christian Kirk's up $300. I think that's probably because of the matchup here. High over under, pretty heavy favorites. Yeah, that's about it. T.Y. Hilton, he came back. He's up $800. They played at San Francisco. Forty nine hundred. That's pretty cheap. So it just depends. Well, this is a Sunday night game. So if you're doing showdown, maybe you consider him. Let's see what else we got here. 
scrolling down. Tyler Boyd, 700 cheaper. So they priced out all of these Cincinnati receivers because of this Baltimore matchup. So we'll see if that scares people away, that matchup, or if the price decrease gets people a little more interested. I'm curious how the field's going to respond to that. We'll look at ownership percentages this weekend, and we'll kind of gauge what we think the field's going to do there. That'll probably dictate whether or not we're going to run any of these stacks or not because the talent on both sides of the ball are there. We love players on Baltimore and Cincinnati. Keep scrolling down here. We're kind of getting into the bargain bin. Not really seeing anybody. Rondell Moore down 200, down to 4,400. That's a guy I just love the talent. He's a rookie. That's someone that they might mix in. If they get up big, they might just get him some touches. We'll see what happens. 4,400, I like the price. Not a whole lot else here. Miko Hardman. 4,300 at Tennessee, like we were saying. If that turns into a shootout, you can get a piece who's on the field a lot, runs targets, gets targeted at $4,300. Definitely worth a look there. Yeah, he keeps getting more and more volume every week lately. Yeah. Donovan Peoples-Jones, he's been pretty boomer bust. What happened to Baker? Dude keeps getting injured. Is he playing? Is he not? Can he throw? Can he not? I don't I know. know like, he's got a tore labrum in his non-throwing shoulder. Yeah. Somehow throws the ball well half the game, and the other half looks like garbage. So I don't know, man. DPJ keeps putting up, so I guess he's worth considering. He is up six hundred dollars. Thursday night game though, too. Oh, you're right. So we'll have to check his. Is that his showdown price then? Yeah, I'm guessing it is. Hmm, that's a pretty good showdown price. Um, Amara St. Brown. This is a guy that I like. If you're going to be running some Ram stacks, you can get him for forty one hundred dollars. He's a rookie. He's just been every week picking up more targets, more touches. If they're playing from behind and they're slinging it, that could be a sneaky little play there. 4,100. Yeah, Not really seen a whole lot else. Curtis Samuel, is he finally back? Is he back back? I know he came back two or three weeks ago, but he just hasn't done anything. Yeah, I don't think he's done anything. I'm like, Adam Humphreys has been getting some looks for them, but I, yeah, it's Adam Humphreys. Yeah. All right, we're getting a little low there in the prices. That's bargain bin plays and just stacks. All right, switch over to tight end. It's the usual suspects at the top here. You got Kelsey, Waller, Andrews, Pitts. I think these were the top four consensus tight ends coming into the season. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if we've had all four of them on a slate together. Well, Kittle. Kittle was up oh, there. Oh, you're, right, you're right. But Kittle's right. at the night game Sunday. Yep. So these are four of the top five tight ends coming into the season, which I don't think we've had that on the slate yet based on the primetime games. Mm -hmm. So this will be interesting how people want to play this. Kelsey's coming in at 7,600, is that? Yeah, yep. up 600. I think that's still a fair price for him. I thought the 7,000 was pretty cheap last week. Waller's up 167. That's fair for him. I mean, he's capable of a 30 or 40-point game. So oh, yeah. fair price. Mark Andrews, 6K, up 800. This is where he was being priced a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. It's pretty high for him. So we'll just see. Again, it's one of those things. We'll see what ownership projections are coming in at. I think that that is a fair price for him. But if people are high on him, if people have been seeing his targets and usage and he's at that like double-digit percentage ownership, I think I'd probably fade him here. Yeah, I anticipate a lot of people going with him. Yep. Since mm -hmm. what he's been producing as of late. Not that I don't think that's a fair price for him. Uh, here we got Kyle Pitts, Kittle. Kittle... 
Sunday night game. Sunday night game and the London game here. So they didn't have prices last week. Pitts, 5900 That's a little pricey for me. He just hasn't shown it yet. Mm-hmm. For a rookie, that kind of scares me away. Kittle, 5400 He has shown that he can do it. Seems that he's healthy. This is a Sunday night game, though, so I guess we don't have to worry about that for the main slate. Come over here, Hawkinson, 5100 I think that's a fair price for him, again, playing at the Rams. Do you think this is going to be a, a shootout and they're playing from behind? I just feel like I'm really on this Rams-Detroit um, game. Mm-hmm. The more we go through everything, I really yeah. am on that. It's easy to pick the plays. You're playing Swift, Monter St. Brown, or Hawkinson. Yeah. And on the Rams side, you're playing Cup, Woods, Henderson, Stafford, some combination of these guys. Mm-hmm. I really like this game. So we'll see ownership, but I got a feeling that I'm going to be building some lineups around this as the core. That's a good point, though, like you're saying, though. It's like you should try and pick the things that make the most sense. Like mm-hmm. if it just unfolds kind of like what we're showing here and it's depicted through this Detroit Rams game, it's probably a reason why like you should be playing it if you have all these options that just make sense. Yep. And a big thing that I don't think enough people look at, enough just like regular, you know, casual players like you and me, is the salaries here. So you look at the games, you look at the overrunner, you look at the spreads, and you're like, I like this game. Okay, so on this game, which players do I like? These are the players that I like. And you find ways mm-hmm. to fit those players in the lineups, and then you build around it. But when you come over and look at salaries, I mean, this is just kind of blowing me away, seeing how priced down some of these Lions guys are. Mm-hmm. And then... The Rams guys, like we said, Cooper Cup is up, but that's where he should be. Yeah. Robert Woods is, what, 6,400? Yeah, he's in the six. That seems cheap six. for him. Yeah. Daryl Henderson, 6,600. That's where he should be. Mm-hmm. These guys are all, uh, Stafford, what, 7,100? He finally broke 7,000? Yeah, finally broke seven. Like, this is where those guys should be. So I'm not afraid to play him. Other people might see that they're priced up and be afraid to play him. Mm-hmm. Other people might see the point spread and just think, I don't want to touch this game. So... I know I've, I've sound like a broken record. We'll look at ownership on Saturday. <laughs> but I really do like this game. I like the players here, so we'll see what happens. Keep coming down here. Anything jumping out at you? I mean, the tight ends, it's usually got this top tier, and then I like to jog down under 4K and just low. Kaseki, for... um, I'm a fan of, like we were saying, because he yep. really doesn't play tight end. Right. And if you can get a receiver at that price, that's the number one receiver, at least number two receiver, and is getting action. I mean, that that's someone I'm intrigued with. He comes in at a very, very fair price, I feel like, for the amount of volume he's been getting lately. Yeah, and that's that Miami-Atlanta game that we kind of highlighted earlier. It's just kind of two gross teams that no one's really high on. But the over-under, it's 47.5, so it's right at that mm-hmm. 48 that we look for. Um it's projected to be close. I mean, it's only two like a three, point. two and a half point spread. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, they gave it to Miami because of the home team. If yeah. it was in Atlanta, Atlanta would be a two and a half point favorite. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, essentially, it's it's a wash. Yeah, I do like him as a player. I like the opportunities he's been getting. I guess it just depends on if you think that game turns into a shootout or not, or if you want to play him for $4,300 and hope he catches a touchdown. But that is the type of player mm-hmm. that you play in those situations. Absolutely. You got Dallas Goddard coming in here. At 4,600, with Ertz gone now, he might be Jalen Hurts' safety blanket. So that's someone at that price I'd be looking at playing too. Um, Higby, 4,500. I think that's a decent price for him. There's no other tight end on that team. I mean, he's on the field 100% of the time. Yeah, he runs routes 100% of the time. So he hasn't scored the points yet, which is why he's here at 4,500. 
but he's on the field, so I guess I just said I usually skip through the four thousand range. These are all <laughs> players I like. I'm like I'm liking the next guy, yeah, Hunter Henry. Yep, same here. He's been targeted heavily as of late, and it's pretty fair price in their matchups against the freaking Jets, who are awful, so awful. Yep. Yeah, I do like these four thousand range players, and then you get below that Logan Thomas. I'm not sure is he back? I thought he was still injured. I guess we can check here. Hamstring out for four oh, weeks. He's on yeah. the IR. Yeah. He's on the IR. He's out. So All right. Ricky Seals Jones. Ricky Seals Jones coming in at thirty seven hundred. I think that's a fair price at Green Bay. We'll just have to kind of see where the line is moved by the end of the week and mm-hmm. what to expect with an over under and whatnot. Yeah, keep going down here. <clears throat> Really just these guys, it's, it's names that people have heard, but haven't necessarily put up. Joku had a big game, Howard had a big game. Ingram, people have been hiding for years, but he hasn't done it. Tunyon had, you know, last season performed great, hasn't shown up this year yet. So it's these guys here, Bo Alley Cox, always a red zone threat. Ferkser in that Kansas City game, maybe worth considering if you're running stacks. Just not really seeing anybody else that I love down here. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think that's going to do it. I think we're over the hour mark, hour 15 mark even. So, Jake, you got any final thoughts? Any parting words here for the people? Thanks for joining us, y'all. Appreciate you uh, spending this over an hour with us tonight, I'd say. Last episode, we trimmed her up pretty good. And this one, hopefully we garnished your attention for the whole entire time and (laughs) gave you some uh, solid picks and some solid advice. That's right. Yeah, I want to thank everyone for joining us. We'll be back Saturday. We're going to look at ownership, talk about leverage plays. We'll build a cash lineup that we're going to throw in some contests on Sunday. Um, Yeah, have a great week. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Obviously on YouTube, at Fantasy Bros NFL. Find us wherever podcasts are, Spotify, Apple, Google, Stitcher. Like and subscribe to the page. Hit the notification bell. See you guys Saturday. Thanks for hanging with the bros. (laughs) 